Well, then I guess you, you would say that people shouldn't vote for Belinda Stronach then. Well, I think the uh, the difference is that first of all, we have we have clearly a free vote, and you know, and I've I've still put forward clearly uh, my position and what the majority of our our party stands for. Uh, the difference in the Liberal Party is there may be people disagree with the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister is making it pretty clear that he really isn't going to tolerate the country going that way as long as he's the leader. Right. And I think that's a big difference. The Liberal Party isn't, there aren't merely cases that people have different view than the party. Those views are entirely marginal and disrespected in that party. And, uh, and as I say, it's pretty obvious. Uh, the Prime Minister, you know, I think if you listen to it, rhetoric makes it pretty clear. He has no toleration. For the uh, for this position, uh, look. No doubt. I'm a liberal backslider. I've been sliding about ten years. People ask me how I'm doing, and I come from all their fears. I'm swearing like a trooper, and I'm drinking like a bomb. I'm a liberal backslider, and it sure is a lot of fun. Well, folks, we have not played that interview for many, many years. That was when I interviewed Stephen Harper back when he was just Steve, Stephen Harper. Do you still have pipes playing in the background? <laughs> we, with a Tim, guy like, like Angus Reed. I mean, we, we have, have to have pipes. That's why you wanted to have pipes? Yes. Because we've well, got who? What's his name? Angus Reed. <laughs> Angus. Head. Head. Move. <laughs> Your head's so huge, it's got its own it's a planetary solar system. Don't cry yourself to sleep on your man. huge pillar. Folks, you're listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. We're live right here in southern Ontario on Joy 1250. It's time for the pub crawl, and that's where we crack open a few topics, usually, and crawl from topic to topic. This uh, week, there's only one topic to talk about, and of course, that's the federal election on Monday. Oh, yeah. Shut up. So here are some of the questions. Actually, I'll save those questions. Let me just introduce our guest uh, from New Brunswick, Dr. John Stackhouse. His website is johnstackhouse.com, a regular commentator on the Drew Marshall Show. Do you like how I dropped my voice and made you sound more important? Yes, I noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. John Stackhouse. And then from British Columbia, Tim, would you like to introduce this gentleman? Dr. Angus Reed. <laughs> that was horrible. Sorry, Dr. Angus Reed. AngusReed.org uh, is the website. AngusReed.org. Everyone knows that name. Uh, he's Canada's pollster, basically. Uh, Angus, good to have you. Good to be here, Drew. Thank you. And then from Ottawa, one of my favorite, favorite girls in the universe, Dr. Janet Ep... Oh, sorry. Should I have called you a girl? Is that sexist or racist or something? Dr. Janet Ep Buckingham, senior fellow with Cardis.ca. Hello, Janet. Hello, Drew, and I'm a nice girl. You are? I can use the term even myself. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, thank you uh, to the three of you joining us. I don't talk about politics on my show, as I've explained to the three of you, and John, you know that very well, because whenever I open my mouth about politics, uh, somebody gets hurt. Their feelings get hurt. Um, But there is only one topic this week on the pub crawl. Of course, in our show, we want to know how people of faith might be voting on Monday. What are the issues that will be swaying these communities? Uh, You know, there's been a history of evangelical Christians voting conservative, but are there really enough evangelicals to make any leader care about their agenda? And maybe it's the Catholics that should be pandered to in uh, these days, especially now that more of them are signing back up because they like the top guy. Uh, and then uh, immigrants. Well, don't they typically vote liberal? But hold on, don't Muslims favor conservative values? So what are the moral values, uh, moral issues on the table this time? There's so many things to chat about. And away we go with Dr. John Stackhouse, Dr. Angus Reed, and Dr. Janet Epp Buckingham. 
I would be remiss if I didn't let the lady go first with my first question. Um, Janet, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> sounds like... Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex, sex baby. Uh, let's talk about um, evangelical Christians. Um, uh, do they have the loud voice that sometimes I think Stephen Harper... Uh, is afraid of associating himself with, or not really? Janet? Look, um, a man who is associating with the Fords cannot be said to be afraid of loud voices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes? Yes, now set on that one. Um, I, there are Evangelicals, I think, really have a broader variety of issues than the loud voices would make out. Um I know evangelical Christians who vote green. I know evangelical Christians who vote NP, who vote liberal, who vote conservative. Um, before the Reform Party, evangelicals actually voted across the spectrum the same as the general population. Uh, Stephen Harper just made them feel more, and Preston Manning made them feel more welcome in the Reform slash Reform Conservative Party. But I'm not sure that all of them still feel as comfortable in that party because they're concerned about issues like refugees, like poverty, and those issues are not being addressed by the Conservative Party. Okay, uh, Dr. Angus Reid, uh, what has your uh, information, your organization, what have your polls said about the Jesus people here in Canada? Well, we've uh, we've done a number of major national surveys uh, looking at... Uh, Religion, religious life, religious beliefs, and the links between religion and politics in Canada. I think we've probably, over the last year, interviewed somewhere in the vicinity of about 10,000 Canadians on this. First of all, listen, there's one term that I really personally dislike, the notion of evangelical. It actually is the wrong word to use. The right word to use when you really want to look at this is practicing Christians, and that is the cut point. Christians who go to church at least once a month or more represent a very unique slice of the population. Some of them are more full-throated evangelical than others, but it's practice, not words, that really when you look at all of the statistics that make a difference. And practicing Christians have been very much in the bosom of the Conservative Party for the last decade. Now, uh, my colleague from Ottawa is quite right in saying that this refugee crisis has been a major point of division within Torydom, with, uh, if you will, practicing Christians being very much uh, in favor of increasing the number of refugees brought into the country uh, and very much focused on uh, the plight of the poor and disadvantaged worldwide. Uh, the Bay Street pigs, who uh, represent the other side of Torydom, are, yeah, yeah. are dead set against that. So there really is a division, if you will, within Stephen Harper's party, which I think is part of the downfall that we're witnessing and will witness between now and Monday. Okay, Dr. John, John Stackhouse, uh, you've heard uh, Janet, you've heard uh, Angus. Uh, what say you? Well, as usual, I just agree with everybody. <laughs> What a schmuck, eh? Seriously. Yes, John? In in this case, uh, these particular people I am inclined to agree with, and I think they're quite right. Let me just make two points, Drew. Firstly, I think that the labels conservative, liberal, and so on are not very helpful when you lift them out of being the brand names of political parties in Canada and try to slap them down on conservative Christianity or liberal religion and so on. It's much better just to call them the blue, red, orange, or green party, because in many respects, we've found, for instance, that um, Mr. Trudeau has decided to try to outflank Mr. Mulcair on the left. There are ways in which uh, the, the, the conservative party is anything but conservative and so on. So I just find that uh, helpful to just call them by their colors and then try to move forward and see what they're really standing for. 
And what they're really standing for, as, as Angus has said correctly, it's only been, though, for about the last decade or so, that uh, practicing Christians have lined up uh, with the Conservative Party. And it's really since uh, Prime Minister Martin's liberals decided to uh, force uh, gay marriage uh, onto Parliament without any kind of discussion, serious discussion of intermediate stages. And when the uh, Liberal and the uh, Duke Democrat parties, the, the Red and the Orange parties, decided to make uh, this a kind of badge of honor. And so that has really caused the, the first significant migration we've seen of uh, practicing Christians to the Blue Party. And, of course, since then, as Janet said, there's been a number of reasons for them to, to drift back across the spectrum. I think it's particularly insulting for Mr. Harper and the Blue Party to keep saying it's all about the economy and what we really care about is the economy. Practicing Christians would say the last thing that our religion is about is maximizing personal wealth and security. That's the last thing we stand for. We stand for caring for the poor and the needy. We, we stand for people getting jobs so they can contribute to society. We stand for the defense of our country and the defense of needy people overseas, and so we should pay and equip our soldiers and our rescuers, our cops, our firefighters, and we should care for them if they get hurt. Small government is not an evangelical value. Good government, fair government, compassionate government, honest government, now you're talking. And so it seems to me that, that Mr. Harper has become completely tone deaf or simply uninterested in appealing now uh, to practicing Christians across the country. All right. Uh, that was uh, Dr. John Stackhouse, ladies and gentlemen. And before that was Dr. Angus Reed. And let's just go back to Dr. Janet at Buckingham. I love using the phrase, the phrase, I love using the moniker doctor because it makes my show sound smarter than it really is. Um, uh, Janet. Uh, let's just go right to what what does your gut say is going to happen on Monday? Well, my uh, my great prophecy is a liberal minority government uh, with the conservatives with the next amount of seats. Now, this doesn't take a lot of rocket science. All you have to do is go look at some of the poll trackers, and that's what they're predicting, too. So I don't feel particularly special and unique, um, except that Angus might say, gee, there's a lot of problems with polls these days. <laughs> okay, Angus, is there a lot of problems with the Polish people these days? Oh. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of polls, but I think the consensus is pretty much what Janet indicates. I, I, you know, I think that uh, the real question is going to be, I mean, we're, I think we're going to have a minority government. Uh, and and, and uh, so what kind of coalition formation is going to happen uh, with that? I mean, if it ends up being Trudeau, how is that going to work? There's no question that Trudeau, Trudeau has really crossed a line with respect to some of the values that practicing Christians care about. I mean, he said in the international debates that, listen, his number one priority is to provide abortion services to uh, women around the world as opposed to some of the other things that people might do. So I think we're going to find under a Trudeau administration, if that's what we get, that there is a, uh, a reawakening on some of these social issues of a kind of Christian consciousness that, uh, that I think is going to change the landscape in a way that, you know, hasn't been the case for the last decade. I think that Stephen Harper has disappointed a great many practicing Christians by, you know, not allowing a one-day debate on when life begins, by almost seeming to ignore them. And in a curious, ironic way, I think a Trudeau victory will 
uh, facilitate a bit of a reawakening and reemergence of this very important coalition in Canada. That's a, that's a very interesting point. Uh, and John, uh, I, I would say that you've written about this, you've spoken about this. Uh, as a matter of fact, you and I spoke briefly uh, this week about the fact that you know, here we have Justin Trudeau saying, bring on the abortion clinics, and here we have Stephen Harper over the years saying, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. So which is worser for the God people? That's a real word, by the way. Uh, you, you know, do you have? is it worse to have uh, uh, somebody sticking their thumbs in their ears and, and, and uh, you know, we're not sure where things stand and distancing himself a little bit from from uh, those with that, that point of view? Or is it is it worse to have someone, uh, you know, the enemy that we know is better than the enemy we don't know. Well, I'm quite conservatively pro-life myself, and so I have uh, always been aghast at Mr. Trudeau's insistence on this particular policy right down the line, literally as a kind of party line. But I, of course, have become completely dismayed by uh, Mr. Harper's refusal to do what he said he would do. I kept thinking he was a clever politician who was going from minority to finally getting a majority government, and then he'd finally do what he said he'd do. So for somebody to say, look, I'm, uh, I'm militantly pro-choice, and someone else to say, I'm going to leave Canada without an abortion law, it seems to me to be six of one half dozen of the other. One of the things that I think uh, more conservative or church-going Christians can take heart in is that the Liberal Party, unlike uh, the, the Orange Party and the Blue Party, uh, are not terribly ideological. And if, in fact, as Angus says, um, Mr. Trudeau's uh, pretty doctrinaire remarks in this particular field awaken finally a national debate uh, about uh, our lack of an abortion law, uh, I could quite conceivably see the Liberal Party uh, taking the pragmatic attitude that we've overstepped here and they'd they'd calm Mr. Trudeau down, and uh, we could see, uh, in fact... Uh, finally, a, a more appropriate uh, way of, of governing abortions in the country. Okay, so I'm going to play the role of uh, of um, middle class white Canadian um, heterosexual uh, Christian kind of person with the morals and the biblical thing or whatever. The person that really feels that abortion is wrong. So if I feel that uh, that abortion is is and I'm sorry, even just saying abortion is wrong, I can't just verbalize it like that. But I believe, I feel, and maybe because it's I'm ignorant, and maybe because it's because I'm a male. But I believe that life starts at, at conception. So therefore, if a fetus is being aborted, I I feel that that is uh, not a good thing. I, murder might even be a, a thing that I would use if if I was to jump into the rhetoric. But my point is, if I really am convinced that this is a this is a horrible horrible thing then is, should that not be enough for me to say I will not vote for the Liberals? Is that not enough? Janet? Well, considering that the Liberals and the NDP won't even let you be a candidate if you are pro-life, I think that if you are pro-life, you have to seriously consider whether you can vote for either of those parties. Because it does feel like, you know, guilt by association. And, Tim, you're pretty stinking liberal. I make fun of small you all the time L, for that. Small L, not, not red. Party. But how do you feel about this, the abortion thing? So Justin Trudeau and, and Jan saying, you know, the NDP is, are saying, look, you, you're not even going to be part of this group here if you're uh, pro-life. I think there's a couple of things that, unfortunately, fundamental, you know, conservative Christians, whatever you want to call them, they, they get caught up on some issues, which I think personally, are really kind of useless to get caught up on. Is this one? Yes, it is. To me, it is. Really? Yes. Because, you know, it's not a black... Nothing in this world is black and white. It's not a black and white issue. Even Michael Jackson wasn't. Well, yeah. Well, how... Like, I always ask the question, well, then, you know, what if someone's been raped? 
Who are you and I to say that this woman has to carry around this reminder of this horrible thing that's happened yeah. to her? Yeah. And you know, and I, the, the, I don't want to get. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, really I, just, don't, I don't want to get down into the discussion about it. But if you think that life starts at conception, I just don't and think a party says that we're going to uh, make a abortion. A, a you know, we're going to totally lighten the reins in the whole thing. And and I don't know. I just think, hey, I, hey, Drew. I, you know, Drew. It's I guess you're listening. To, the issue goes far beyond the uh, the abortion issue. I mean, we we have prayer in public life as a as an issue that we looked at earlier this year with right. the Supreme Court decision. Uh, the practicing Christians have a gr- take great exception to this decision, and uh, the country is really divided on it. I mean, I think abortion just talking about abortion will will lead you down a dark alley from which you will not return on this show. But I think that the bigger the bigger <laughs> more important question is. Here is a, a segment of Canadian society that represents, call it a third of Canadians, who are practicing Christians and who care about a whole range of issues from whether it's helping the refugees to at least seeing abortion as something other than, you know, having a tooth removed, okay? And so yeah. uh, for these people, the problem with the democratic system in Canada is that there is really no way for them to make their voices heard. They share that, by the way, with the 8% of Canadians who are green, who would like to see a green MP, and they will look on uh, the 20th of October and see one or maybe two MPs when they should be looking at 30. So the one thing that Trudeau has got going for him is that he has said that he is going to reopen the whole issue of our voting system first past the post and see if we can find a way to meld the first past the post with something which gives uh, these segments in, in society an opportunity to be represented in Parliament. And that is, I would argue, is at the very uh, center of right. where we need to go politically. Right. Dr. John Stackhouse, you just said you're um, against abortion, conservative, you're a Jesus guy. Then I would make the conclusion, and I know we're not supposed to get into who we'd vote for, and all, you know, we've got to be Canadian and private about this stuff, but are you saying that if someone thinks like you, they shouldn't vote for the Liberals? Well, I think that I'm not trying to vote for somebody who thinks like me because there is nobody in the <laughs> fourth party who like me. And so that's, that's a fool's errand. I think that that's not the way to think about voting. I think that uh, we, we don't vote for the leader of the party that we like or even which one best represents me. It's not just about me. It's about us. We should be voting for a better Canada. And we should be voting for what Canada needs over the next few years. This isn't a vote for uh, a president for life. This isn't a vote for the the government that's going to govern us for the rest of whatever. This is just a a vote for the government that we need following the current government. And so I've often found, Drew, it very helpful to think, what is Canada, if if I'm voting federally, what is this, this riding, what is this province or this municipality, what do we need next? After this many years of this particular party and ideology, what do we need next? And so over my life, I have voted for the Blue Party, the Red Party, and the Orange Party, and I could easily see myself voting for the Green Party in a particular set of circumstances, because what we have to try to do is is look for the larger good. I'm appalled by what Mr. Harper says about some things, and Mr. Trudeau, and Mr. Mulcair. Okay, well, so what? I've got to look at the whole package and say, what is going to make Canada better? What is going to maximize shalom? 
And that's what Christians are supposed to be about. And I'd like to think that church-going Christians will remember that Jesus said we're supposed to be loving our neighbors, not just loving ourselves. Okay, let me just, re- <laughs> let me just reintroduce everybody except him. Uh, from New Brunswick, Dr. John Stackhouse. Uh, from over in the British Columbia area there, uh, Dr. Angus Reed, angusreed.org. Sorry, johnstackhouse.com. And uh, from Ottawa, Dr. Janet at Buckingham, senior fellow with cardis.ca and uh, so many other things. Uh, Janet... Um, can you help me understand this? Because I have been uh, raised to believe that immigrants typically vote for liberals. Why? And if um, they're Muslim, wouldn't they tend to side with conservative values? Well, I'll, I'll take this in reverse order because uh, a lot of Muslims, I think, did vote for the conservatives in the last election, helping Stephen Harper's uh, government to win a majority uh, but there have been certain aspects of the campaign, mainly the niqab issue and how the the conservative uh, statements about Muslims were perceived that may, might put, push them back into the Liberal Party. I know the conservatives have worked very hard to try to um, get the, the those who have immigrated to Canada and first-generation Canadians away from the Liberals. Uh, but liberals were always perceived to have a very um, open immigration policy and be uh, more welcoming, where conservatives were historically seen to be, you know, the party of the, the white middle-class elite. Now, I don't think any of those allegiances make any difference, and I look at some of the candidates who are running in the conservative as conservative candidates in this election, and they're definitely from... Uh, immigrant communities, and uh, so that, I don't think that that plays out any longer. Angus, well, you know, I think this this, uh, this is a great question because historically, the immigrants that came to Canada pre, let's say, 1960, were mainly Catholics from places like Poland, uh, Ireland, where where uh, my ancestors came from, uh, Italy. Hold on, hold oh, on, did we just mess that <laughs> up? hold on. I got to find a new song. <laughs> Ang- Angus Reed is from Ireland. Are you kidding me? Uh, actually, my brother was a Hogan. My my point is is that liberals <laughs> historically uh, lined up with uh, the uh, uh, or sorry Catholics lined up with the Liberal Party, right. conservatives, Orangemen lined up with the conservatives, and so we had Protestants, conservatives, Catholics, liberals. Now I think a lot of Christianity has sort of come together in the last couple of decades, so those differences don't exist as much. Hmm. And, and, and I think that John's quite right. I think that Paul Martin, who himself is a practicing Catholic, uh, uh, did this unbelievable movement on the whole same-sex marriage issue of not only allowing it, but almost celebrating it. We should be happy as Canadians that we have, uh, uh, you know, more same-sex marriages as opposed to fewer. So, so I, think that, I think that those differences have, uh, have ended. We have a kind of a new... Uh, sort of Christian movement here, and how it actually comes down politically, I think, is going to really depend on who the leaders are and what their policies are. Dr. John Stackhouse, you know, they're the largest religious group in North America these days. They're called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, and they're the ones that say, yeah, I got a belief, but I'm not really part of it. I'm not, I'm not a part of any particular uh, religion or church or whatever. Um, and and so it seems in this sort of post postmodernal mindset that we are shedding labels left, right, and center, and we're all trying to kumbaya our way through life. And so not only are the Jesus people all sort of landing in different places, but the political parties are all landing in different places, and nobody wants to wear labels anymore. And and I guess my question in all of this is, and this kind of slips down to south of the border. 
does it work when someone actually says, I stand for this, I am, I am far, far right or far, far left, I am Donald Trump, I'm here, I'm, no, I can't say that, I'm weird, get used to it. Eh? Well, how do you think, does it, does it make sense anymore for some, because look, everybody's kumbayaing their way through the middle ground and it's all 98.1. Yeah, I, I I don't uh, see the same thing you're seeing. Uh, uh, for, for one thing, I guess Angus can help us with whether, in fact, religious nuns really are the largest number. I think that the majority of, of the Canadians and Americans still call themselves Christians of one sort or another, whether they practice or not. Yeah, no, that's but even if we just say the, the, the you know the significant number of people who are of different sorts, you're quite right, Drew. There's an awful lot of do-it-yourself religion and spirituality. But that doesn't mean that everybody's the same or that everybody's uh, feeling one way uh, or feeling all, all more or less the same way. I think in this election, actually, what's what's been interesting is to see um, both uh, the Blue Party and the Red Party actually stake out some very definite positions and alternatives to each other. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Mulcair and the Orange Party, actually, they seem to be trying very hard to show just how very moderate they are and how very trustworthy they are. Uh, so that you can uh, risk letting uh, the NDP actually run the country. That seems to be their strategy, and it's not working uh, terribly well. Right. Um, so I, I think, actually, we do have some really pretty stark choices in this campaign, which we haven't always had in the past. And uh, that the problem, of course, for a lot of us is that the, uh, the things that we prefer don't always line up nicely with one colored party or another, in which case we have, again, the hard choice of saying, I think, two things. First, on balance, which party do I think Canada needs most at this particular juncture? And and secondly, who's most likely to actually deliver the goods? I think what, what Mr. Harper and the Blue Party have taught us is that simply promising something in a campaign to your social conservatives doesn't mean they're going to deliver. And so I think that's one of the questions I, I think about, is yeah. that Mr. Harper has shown that he won't deliver in certain respects. I think Mr. Trudeau might well not deliver on things that I don't like, uh, because he's a, a liberal, and liberals are known to be pretty pragmatic if they think that they can stay in power with, with that kind of <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm looking at the time. Boy, I, we should have gone longer with this. I'm sorry, because I really am I'm quite enjoying this, actually, and I usually don't give a holy grunt about this topic. My reaction, and I would like all three of you to just slap me upside the head and tell me what an ignorant fool I am and educate me in 30 seconds. Jenny, we'll get you to go first on this. So here, here's my thinking. From the uh, economic um, health of our country, I have a feeling that Mr. Harper's, what, what are we calling We're using colors, blue, blue right, right. That the Blue Party, see, I'm listening, John. The Blue Party, um, this, is, this is a good time to stay the course because things are pre still pretty goofy economically in the world these days. And I think we should stay the course uh, and, and, uh, and have a good, healthy, because then when our country is healthy financially, then we can, sp then we can spend stuff on uh, Kumbaya stuff. Um, and then the, with the Justin Trudeau thing, it really is about Justin being uh, 17 years old. I, it's a weird deal. It's like uh, you know hiring a drama teacher to to do a radio show. Which is ironically, he's a drama teacher too. That's what I'm saying. And he's older than John F. Kennedy was. Um, so, Janet, why, am I an idiot for thinking that? Because I think a lot of people are thinking that. Well, I think you're right. Um, I, I think there's there's it's not just economic instability, but there's a lot of um, you know foreign conflict. Yes. and having a sense of having somebody at the helm who 
uh, has been around the block, yes. kind of knows what they're doing, uh, does give, give us a sense of comfort uh, going forward. Uh, you know, in some ways, better what you know than... Uh, making a change at a time when people are still feeling uncertain. Right. Now, my dad always says to me, you know, every once in a while, it's time to vote out who's been in for a while because it, it, human nature means you get comfortable if you've been in there too long and start to take advantage of things. Uh, right, Mike Duffy? Um, okay, uh, <laughs> Angus, uh, your response no, to what I, I'm saying? Actually, I don't agree with you. I think that what Canadians are looking at is home economics, not the economics of the country. And and at the household level, there's a lot of people who are hurting. I mean, this this great Stephen Harper promise hasn't really translated into things. When we look at our polling on whether people feel that they're economically better off or worse off uh, compared to a year or two ago, 60% say worse off. So, I mean, listen, that's what's driving this. I mean, this and, and also at the same time, and I'm not quite a member of the top 1%, but I'm close to it, we get a very good break in Canada, and I think that Trudeau has, I mean, the very center of his campaign has been we need to take some money from the super rich and give it to the people in the middle, and I think that is, that's also, you know, correlates with this issue of home economics. So, so I think there are some messages here that resonate with a lot of Canadians, and uh, Frankly, I totally disagree with your view on how great the economy is. So there, there you go. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, Dr. John Stackhouse. Slap, you're an idiot. Ah! <laughs> yeah! There you go. I think, I think Angus is exactly right. Not only do people feel that they're worse off today than they were, but they are. I mean, all the economic data that I've seen, and I do browse that from time to time, tells us that over the last 10 years, in fact, the middle class has been, had wages actually stay flat or decline, even with uh, a fairly gentle rise in inflation. So all the, the good macro numbers really do have to do with the 1% doing much, much better, whereas most of the rest of us really aren't. And that's just, that's just the basic truth about the economies of both the United States and Canada. So I, I think the, the economic pain, ironically, is not going to help the Blue Party and is going to help the Red Party. Uh, and I think it's going to hurt the Orange Party, where people aren't so sure that they can govern. But uh, I, th- I think we're going to see. You didn't ask me, but I'll, I'll tell you, Drew. I think we're going to see a majority liberal government on Monday. Wow, majority liberal. Oh, and Angus, you're going to. What are you, what's your prediction? I, I think it's still. Uh, you know, Drew. Drew. Uh, sorry, that that may be right. But but the one thing that Harper's got going for him is that he's got an older support base. Is highly mobilized. They're going to really come out and vote in big numbers. And the question is. Will the Trudeau younger voters actually turn up at the polls? I think the real question is, will the uh, Ford Nation rally behind? Uh, <laughs> they're too stoned to know. A- <laughs> <laughs> Ford Nation, say no to crack. Okay, listen, folks, thank you very, very much, all three of you. I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I didn't think I would. Dr. John Stackhouse, johnstackhouse.com, Dr. Angus Reed, angusreed.org, and Dr. Janet at Buckingham. Uh, she, uh, for this uh, purpose today, is a senior fellow with Cardis.ca, and she is so much more than John just that. Um, Thank you, all three of you. Have a great weekend, and uh, good luck on Monday. Thanks a lot. It was fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.